Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, December the 12th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and joined again, Mikey, once again, uh, on the uh, show uh, with us, ready to break down the Monday NHL card. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Uh, short on time today, a busy Monday of shows for me, so we'll jump right into the games. We'll begin with the New Jersey Devils taking on the New York Rangers. Uh, we've got even money both sides here, minus 110, the total six across the board. I don't have much on this game, actually. It's a pass, and I don't do that very often, as you guys know. Um, but this one's tough for me because I don't like the idea of betting against New Jersey off a loss. Okay, They have not lost two in a row in a very long time. They've been off since Friday when they lost 6-4 to four to the New York Islanders. It was probably one of the worst games they played, certainly defensively in quite some time. Uh, they have been very good bouncing back. Their road record is phenomenal. As good as they've been at home, they've been even better on the road. 11-1. and one on the road this year uh, for the New Jersey Devils. They've been absolutely outstanding. Like I said, they're off that 6-4 loss for the Islanders. It was probably one of their worst performances in a very long time uh, in the defensive zone. We'll see if they can uh, correct that here. So I'm not in a rush to step in front of New Jersey, but at the same time, the Rangers have started to pull themselves out of their funk. They've won three in a row against St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. Uh, they're in revenge for a recent loss to the Devils, 5-3. Uh, uh, with the uh, Devils beat them right here in Madison Square Garden back on November the 28th, just a couple of weeks ago. So you got two teams that are, you know, I think in kind of bet on spots here. Um, I guess I'd still lean to the Devils because I, I still think overall they're the better team right now. But the Rangers have started to show signs. I mean, their best players are starting to play like it. They're starting to get something out of Kako and Lafreniere finally. Shesterkin is starting to play more and more like the guy from last year, not the one that was struggling a little bit during that losing streak. So tough game, really good game, but tough one for me. I'm going to stay off the side and the total, quite honestly, because I think totals-wise this could go uh, either way as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Devils, Rangers? Yeah, I think this is more of a wait-and-see approach. If I had to play anything now, it would be over six because that's been the kind of the history between these two teams. Even though these are two teams that tend to trend under against any other opponents, playing against one another, and this is the rivalry, the Battle of the Hudson River. We see a lot of penalties. We see a lot of fights uh, with these two teams. So that's one of the reasons why we, I feel like why we see more of these, uh, these matchups go over the total. And six is always a cheaper price. We talked about Shesterk and how he struggled a little bit, uh, hasn't been in, in his top-tier form. So I would look at a six. That's what kind of what I have circled. This might be one of those good uh, games to wait for an over five and a half. You could probably wait for a plus price. I don't see uh, these two teams lighting up the lamp early. Uh, in, in contest, so you get a, a five and a half at a plus price. That's probably what I would jump in on it over. All right, so basically, Alex uh, also looking maybe at a live opportunity here for uh, this game. Speaking of live opportunities, I hope all of you will join us tomorrow night to look for a bunch of live opportunities. Our live betcast for the month of December is tomorrow night. Tuesday, December the 13th. It is a big slate as usual. The BetCast will begin as always at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Uh, make sure you join us for that. We had a great turnout last time. I want that same turnout. This is it. This is our last chance to be together uh, on a BetCast before the end of the year, before the holidays arrive. So uh, join us on the BetCast. Make sure if you want to join us on the stream, send a DM to me, 
and I will make sure to uh, get you on, send the link to you for the uh, BetCast tomorrow night. So this is our last one for the year, uh, uh, tomorrow night, December the 13th. So looking forward to that. It's a huge card. Uh, join us tomorrow night for another Ice Guys Live BetCast. Live betting commentary. Bring some booze with you. It's always that relaxed, fun, par bar and pub atmosphere. Uh, we had a shit ton of fun. Of course, it helps when you have a batshit crazy game like the Kraken and the Kings the last time we were on in the BetCast. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get lucky with that one again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a once-in-a-lifetime type of game, 9-8. But hopefully we do. So join us tomorrow, Tuesday night, on the uh, BetCast. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Mikey, looking forward to your opinion on this game. What do you think, Devils-Rangers? Yeah, I locked in New Jersey last night at plus 102. I believe it, they're at minus 110 right now. I would still take a shot at New Jersey at minus 110. Um, these two teams, they see each other quite a bit, and it's been a series that's favored the Rangers more often than not, 8-2 and two last 10 against New Jersey. But you don't want to read too much into that because of how bad New Jersey has been throughout the last few years. These teams just met a couple weeks ago, like you said, Ian, a 5-3 Devils win at MSG. If you remember that game, the Rangers came out to a quick 2-0 lead in the first three minutes of that first period. Uh, that was the game right after they blew a 3-0 third period lead against Edmonton. So you know they were going to come out firing out the gate in that one. And I remember tweeting out to take a shot live with New Jersey because this Rangers team constantly comes out to a quick start and then they just take their foot off the gas. So New Jersey ended up scoring four unanswered and won 5-3. Um, the Rangers are 3-2 and two in December, and they're on a three-game winning streak. They've beaten St. Louis, Vegas, Colorado. So if you don't follow this league religiously, you would think that the Rangers are playing well and they just beat some of the top teams in the NHL. But we all know Colorado's depleted, and that Vegas, that, that Vegas game, first game back from a week-long road trip, and then an emotional win against Boston. We all know St. Louis is in a downfall, so I'm not exactly sold on the Rangers just yet. This is still the same team that lost to Ottawa and Chicago last week. Um, you could say it's a, reven a revenge spot for the Rangers and this is and this and that, but the better team are the Devils. They're off a 6-4 loss to the Islanders. The score seems close between the Islanders and the Devils, but it really wasn't. The Isles were leading 6-2 into the third period. We haven't seen a jersey get beaten like that since they started the season 0-2 and fans were chanting, fire Lindy. So... The Devils have been great off a loss this season, 4-1 and one off a loss. They haven't lost back-to-back -back games since opening the season 0-2. Um, I do think the Rangers will be focused on this one since it's division rival that they just lost to a couple weeks ago. But until further notice, you get New Jersey at these odds against a team that they're definitely better than, then you take a shot. Also, Igor, he has decent numbers overall against New Jersey, but his, Rome, his home road splits are this year are just night and day. 2.80 goals against at home compared to 2.09 on the road. 8-0 on the road, 5-4 at home. And he just allowed Ford and Jersey a couple weeks ago. So I got to take a shot at the Devils here at minus 110. So uh, what Mikey is saying, we've got a reverse Carter Hart thing going right now yeah. uh, with uh, Igor Shesterkin a little bit, where he's actually been better on the road uh, than he's been uh, at home uh, and something to uh, – monitor moving forward uh, and no doubt uh, because again it was a good road trip there for him better but a lot of that on the road we'll see if he can bring that performance level back to 
where it needs to be. As far as props go, this is more of a prop game for me. Uh, I would Nathan Bastion's out for the uh, New Jersey Devils. I should point that out as well. Uh, good depth forward, but uh, you look at the way the lines are going to be dispersed tonight. Dawson Mercer moved up to the second line. Brat's back on the top line, so Brat might be worth a look here tonight. Woods moving up to the third line with McLeod and Zetterlin, so there's some options. Guys moving up the lineup, maybe some value. Uh, with their prop. And then the New York Rangers, I will stick to the fact that as long as he's playing on the top line, I will be interested in Alexi Lafreniere with Savannah Jad and Kako on that top line. And he's starting now to percolate a little bit uh, Lafreniere the last few games. So player prop involving him would be of interest to me as well tonight. Uh, Dallas Stars and Pittsburgh Penguins next up. Pittsburgh minus 130, home favorite, six and a half the total. Uh, in this game, I think all things are equal here with the uh, Penguins here. The, the price is reasonable to back them here. You know, minus 130. I do like Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, minus 130 or so. Uh, they've won five in a row, uh, beating Vegas, St. Louis, Columbus, and Buffalo at home. And they also, of course, had a road win in overtime against Buffalo uh, before that in the first of the back-to-back uh, -back that they played against the uh, Sabres uh, over the weekend. Uh, look, uh, I think when you look at this, Chris Letang came back from that scare he had with the stroke, returned to the lineup Saturday night in the win against Buffalo. How about going from a stroke earlier in the week, a second of his life, which is scary stuff for a guy that's you know only 35 years old, to 22 minutes of ice time on Saturday. How does he do it? Unbelievable. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible when you think yeah. about it. That I mean, that knowing medicine well, I was talking about this with my mom. My mom's a retired nurse. And you know, for someone to suffer two strokes, before the age of, of 40 that's just something that that's a a huge uh question mark you wonder if he's gonna you know resume his career you know worry about just you know his common day of life uh, and all of a sudden he's back on the ice practicing 10 days later plays in his first game and logs 22 minutes as you know defenseman a top defenseman he's obviously gonna you know be on the power play and the penalty kill but he just you know picked up right back where he left off and just shows the determination uh that he has yeah and he does he's definitely and they basically uh illustrated that in all the you know se segments and features i've seen on television talking about this thing with latang and it's right just a perseverance and to come back that quickly and then play 22 minutes in your first game back just remarkable stuff uh dallas has definitely not played their best hockey for the better part of the last few weeks i mean they're only three and three in their last six games they beat a struggling st louis team they shut out a horrible anaheim team and then they were fortunate to get past ottawa after trailing in the third period. I mean, that's three, their last three wins. None of them really impressive. They play, uh, you know, Colorado, they lose 4-1. They play Winnipeg, they lose 5-4. They play Minnesota. Uh, they have that game where they get behind 5-1. They did rally to tie it and get a point, but they still lose 6-5 in the shootout to the Wild. And then they get shut out 4 nothing at home by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, it's not like Dallas is playing great. And let's be honest, their three wins are against teams that were struggling or not playing well or just aren't very good uh, at the time they played them. Anaheim, St. Louis, when they are when they were struggling, and Ottawa's been obviously a disappointment this season. So I like the form of the Penguins. Uh, they're starting to pick it up. Tristan Jari is also playing a lot better in net for the uh, Penguins lately. Uh, he has uh, gotten uh, much better in between the pipes. He's given up just six goals in his last three starts combined uh, against Buffalo, Columbus, and St. Louis. He's 4-0. Uh, in his last four starts for the uh, Penguins in net. And we're still waiting for Ottinger to be fully back and at his best. He's still searching for that form right now. So I like Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has dominated uh, Dallas uh, over the years. There's no question about that, particularly here in Pittsburgh. 
They played well against the Stars, uh, and I think there's a chance that continues here. So, yeah, moderate price here. Penguins minus 125 to minus 130 uh, in this one for me. Alex, what do you think here of Dallas and Pittsburgh? Yeah, definitely would have to look at, at Penguins or nothing here. And even though, I, like I said, I like Dallas. I've been high on, on Dallas most of this year. They're just not in the best of form right now. Penguins have won five of the last seven meetings with Dallas. Home team going all the way back to 2001, 19-8 in the last 27 meetings. Uh, so that, you know, like I said, we, we see this with cross-conference opponents. Uh, that's something to kind of, you know, take a, a, a look at. You know, clearly that, you know, they're catching the, a team in a, a bit, usually in the, the midst of a long road trip or, the you know, sometimes at the end of a road trip. So that's why those numbers kind of factor in a little bit. Uh, and Dallas starting a, a, a road trip for five games, you know, most people would be inclined to kind of take them to get, you know, try to get the, the road trip off on a hot streak. But I just think Pittsburgh's in a little bit better form. I actually would look at the under here at uh, six and a half uh, because Dallas, they've been an over team at home, but on the road, they tend, tend to trend more to the under. Uh, and if it is Ottinger and, and Jari in that, I think we could see this game, you know, stay low. Uh, you might be able to get a better number adjusted live if there's a goal early. And you could play under seven and a half, but six and a half minus a dollar twenty. I wouldn't shy away from that. I'd actually probably take a shot here uh, with that. I don't play that many unders, but at a dollar twenty, I think it's a reasonable enough price. All right, I I kind of agree with that because you look at actually Pittsburgh. There is one change in their lineup tonight. Jeff Petrie uh, is out. Uh, he got injured uh, over the weekend. Uh, won't play tonight. Taking his spot is Chad uh, Ruedel, who has of course been a on this team for a while. He's basically been that six, seven defenseman on this team for a long time. Actually, when you look at the comparison going from Petrie to Ruedel to round out the six defenseman tonight, it's probably a better defensive situation for Pittsburgh because Ruedel doesn't give you much in terms of offense and points from the back end, but he's steady in his own end serviceable. You know, he's not, not a bad defender. I think he's slightly above average defender. Whereas Petrie, he can be a liability defensively in his own zone a lot of times. And he's more of an offensive-minded guy. He had double-digit points before the injury. So I actually think you get a little worse offensively from the blue line, and you get a little better defensively from the blue line when you go from Petrie to Ruedel as that sixth defenseman tonight for Pittsburgh. That might help your case as well, looking uh, under and for a lower-scoring game here. What do you think, Mikey, Dallas-Pittsburgh? Yeah, this is the start of a five-game week-long Eastern Conference road trip for Dallas, and it's going to be a tough one. They got Pittsburgh tonight. They got New Jersey tomorrow. Then they got Washington, Carolina, Columbus. So very tough road stretch coming up for Dallas. I had a little bit of a hard time getting a read on this game from a side perspective. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm with Alex here, under 6.5. This seems a little bit high. I figured this would be at 6. If we get Jari and Ottinger to play like they're capable of playing, this game shouldn't have more than four or five goals. Um, you Listen, unfortunately, you have two of the top seven offenses in the league going head-to-head -to -head tonight, so it's always scary taking a shot with the under. But last 10 overall, over-under, both teams, Dallas and Pittsburgh, four and six, over-under last 10. Dallas 0-2 oh uh, to the under, their last two road games, Pittsburgh 2-5. and five. Um, at home towards the under last 10. So these teams don't play that often, but they still face each other a couple times a year. The last time these teams combined for seven or more goals was February of 2018. We're talking almost five years. Um, Ottinger hasn't looked like Jake Ottinger, but his numbers are still pretty good. 2.37 goals against on the year. Um, against the Metro division, his goals against average is 1.45 career against Pittsburgh, 2.01 goals against average. And Jari, unbelievable at home, 7-1, 931 save percentage, 2.37 goals against. 
And his uh, couple games against Dallas in his career, 1.94 goals against average. So I like the under six and a half at a dollar twenty. All right, Mikey, liking the under here uh, in this one, uh, Dallas and uh, Pittsburgh. All right, we've got Calgary, Montreal, all Canadian matchup. Calgary minus two fifteen uh, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Calgary off back to back losses to begin this road trip. The Columbus game, they they did not play well at all. They deserved to lose that game. They probably deserved a better fate against Toronto. They lost 5-4 in overtime. They played well enough to win. But so did Toronto. I mean, it was one of those coin flip games. Could have went either way. It went the Leafs' way. They won in overtime, a game where Daryl Sutter voiced his displeasure about the penalties. And as I said on yesterday's show, look, there were a lot of penalties on Calgary. I agree. I mean, it was insane how many penalties were called on Calgary. But if you actually look back at them, a lot of them were warranted. There was not a lot of those penalties where you could say, wow, that was a really, really horseshit call. That was a really, really bad call. Uh, against Calgary and I know the overtime one you could see the reaction he wasn't thrilled about it but it was a clear high stick of by Huberto on uh, Sandine uh, there in overtime it clipped him clearly I mean you could tell uh, that it was a penalty so there's not really much you can do there uh, when it comes to uh, that penalty it's a blatant it's obvious it's right there in front of you right off the face off to start overtime it's got to be called and that's exactly what happened and that was of course the goal, power play that led to the Mitch Marner a game-winning goal for the Leafs that night. Uh, will Calgary respond tonight? I, I do think it kind of sets up well here for the Flames tonight in this game against Montreal. Montreal's lost three of their last four. Uh, I ended up going with the Kings' first-period puck line uh, against the uh, Canadians on Saturday night, saying they're off a bad game against Toronto. Montreal's back home off that long road trip out west. Perfect situation for the Kings to get the jump on the Habs, and that's exactly what happened. They got a 2-0 lead. Uh, in that first period, they ended up winning uh, by a score of four to two. I kind of think this is a similar spot here where Calgary, I think, comes out pretty strong. Wegar, by the way, on defense, Mackenzie Wegar illness did not show up on the morning skate this morning for Calgary. So day to day, we'll see if he plays. It's a game time decision right now. Connor Mackey is likely going to rejoin the team or rejoin the lineup, I should say, rather, if Wegar does not go for the uh, Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, he's the more likely defenseman to draw in. Uh, I think when you look at this game, I, I'm probably going to look at a Calgary split here uh, in this one. Markstrom in net. This is another opportunity for him to show that he can get his game back. Uh, he played against Columbus, but uh, it's a it, it's you know the first goal goes in on him. Albeit though, it was a breakaway. In fairness to him, I mean it's Lion A on a breakaway. You can't let that happen if you're Calgary. I mean there's blame to go around. It's not just that Markstrom didn't make the save there on that first shot against Columbus. You can't give up a breakaway to a guy like Patrick fucking Lyon. You can't do that uh, if you're the Calgary Flames. And that was an issue as well. So they have the defense has to take some of the blame uh, as well. Um, I'm going to go with a split here. Calgary first period puck line and Calgary in regulation. I mean, this ha this to me is, uh, folk, this, this, this smells like a spot where you're going to get Calgary's best. If you're going to see Calgary's best, you're going to see it. And I like that they lost to Montreal at home just recently. And Jake Allen stood on his head, 40 saves in that game. He was brilliant. He's the main reason why Montreal won that game in Calgary just a few weeks ago. I think Calgary's got the chance to return the favor. So I'm going to do a split, half and half, split it up between these two bets with Calgary, first period, puck line, minus a half, uh, which you can get at plus 140, and also the uh, in regulation with Calgary, which is around minus 125 uh, in this one. Alex, uh, Flames and Canadian. Yeah, this is going to be a, a pass for me, and I was looking at, at some trends and notes from this, and uh, something that it's interesting, I don't look at these too often, and I want to wait certainly until deep in the season. Flames are 11-1 and one on Mondays. 
And what's interesting about that, because we always talk about this, of course, with the scheduling of our show, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays are your, your key days. With Mondays and Fridays, you don't necessarily have teams that play a lot of those uh, within a, a schedule or, or consistently, you know, week in and week out. So that's something to kind of keep a note on. But like you said, they, they have lost four straight against Montreal. It's, you know, you lay in a steep price with everything uh, Calgary related. And it's, you know, their form has just been kind of inconsistent. Montreal still a team that, like I said, I haven't really had the best of feels on. So this is going to be a pass for me. But I do think that's interesting. That's something I like to look at, especially heading past into the new year. Looking at those trends of when you see teams that have in their schedule four Fridays in a row, four Sunday afternoons in a row. That's when I try to, to tend to look for those, those because uh, I see those notes all the time, but that's when I kind of factored a little bit more into my handicap. When I see a team that, you know, if, if they're playing a, a Monday night, is it, you know, the second night of a back-to-back usually? Is, is there a gap in between? Or you usually have a home game on a Friday and they have to travel? So it's something to, to kind of just keep a note of. Yeah, definitely. Good good points there. Definitely is something you want to uh, uh, keep in mind. Uh, Chris Otto in our chat, uh, the Canadians team total probably is worth a look, believe it or not, even though I think uh, Calgary will play better because that's a low number. It's two and a half. We know the Flames, you know, with their goaltending with Vladar and Markstrom has been a little up and down erratic lately. Vladar has been bet, bet the better of the two, but even he's capable of giving up, you know, a few. And we saw that against Toronto. He gives up five in the loss to the Leafs. So the Montreal team total could get there as well. I just think from a Montreal, Calgary perspective, uh, two losses in a row, you don't want to let this go to three. It's a game where you're, you're still, you know, you grade out the rosters. They're a better roster than Montreal. They haven't always played like it so far, but I think tonight, yeah, hopefully you get Calgary's best uh, and at least something uh, with focus, with intensity, not wanting to drop three in a row. I think if you get that kind of performance from Calgary tonight, they'll have a good chance to uh, pick up a road W. Uh, Mikey, what do you think here? Flames and Habs. Yeah, I tried finding a way to take a shot with Calgary. It's just it's just too expensive uh, on Calgary. They haven't showed me anything enough to back them. Um, these teams recently met in Calgary two weeks ago, a 2-1 Montreal win. Same goaltenders, Alan Markstrom, a couple weeks ago. We're going to get them again tonight. That was a close tie game. The Flames were minus 286 home favorites in that one with the over-under at 6.5. Now we have the Flames as minus 210 road favorites, and the total moved down to 6 this time. We saw these teams face off quite a bit during the bubble. Last 10 meetings split right down the middle at five apiece. At first, I thought about the under in this game. Eight out of the last 10 meetings had six goals or less. And stylistically, when these two teams face each other, they tend to play 2-1-3-2 type games. The under is also 6-1-1 last eight in Montreal. And overall, the under is 12-5-2 last 19. But the problem is, Allen's home numbers scare me. I mean, this guy is either standing on his head or gives or gives up four, no in between with him. And anytime I'm getting these types of odds on Montreal, especially at home, I would like to take a shot with them, but I just couldn't find a way to do it. My concern is this Calgary, this is Calgary's third and final game of this road trip. They lost to Columbus. They lost a hard fought overtime game to Toronto. Um, like you said, Ian Sutter was not happy with that six to two power play advantage for Toronto. Um, and he made a comment about the refs in Toronto, which was kind of surprising. You don't see him really insinuating that the refs favor Toronto, but he kind of did on that interview. Um, but you also have a Montreal team that isn't happy with their performance at home against LA. They were down 2 nothing very quickly in that first period. They trailed 3 nothing for practically the entire 
uh, entire game before Hoffman found the back of the net. So you have two teams looking to bounce back. I think it's going to be another one of those close one-goal games in the third period. It's just hard for me to find a way to um, bet Calgary, even in regulation. Um, just look at Allen's numbers real quick. On the season, 0.896 goals. I'm sorry, 0.896 save percentage, 3.4 goals against. His home goals against average is 3.93 compared to 2.57 on the road. I mean, yep. talk about night and day. This guy is not good at home. That's a great point. And, of course, he's at home tonight. And the great performance against Calgary where he made 40 saves was in Calgary, whereas you mentioned the road numbers are better. His road goals against is much better. Jake Allen on the road compared to at home. So that's another thing that might work in the Flames favor tonight and facing Allen again, maybe a better opportunity where to find his weaknesses and his tendencies. So yeah, that definitely is a little angle that uh, benefits Calgary. But again, can Calgary have that 60 minute performance on the road? I hope so. I'm banking on that as taking them first period puck line and in regulation tonight, we'll see if they can uh, get the job done here against Montreal prop wise. I'm sticking to my guns with Matthew Phillips. He finally made his debut the other night. Uh, He's still around this crazy price of plus 600. In a, in a lot of different books to score a goal tonight. Uh, Razichka on that same line is probably worth a sprinkle as well with what you're getting, but definitely Matthew Phillips. I mean, uh, he's the guy that was one of the top goal scorers and point producers in the AHL before getting the call up, plus 625 at Caesars to score a goal. Just sprinkle a little something. I think he's going to get on the board at some point as long as uh, Sutter keeps putting him uh, in the lineup for the uh, Flames. All right, next up, we've got Anaheim and Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa minus 220, uh, home favorite, six and a half the total. I certainly would consider and lean strong to Ottawa's team total in this game, but it's three and a half. It's minus 140. Coming off a road win against uh, Nashville, 3-2 on a Saturday afternoon. Very impressive win, actually, to beat Nashville. And to be honest, they probably should have beat Dallas as well. They had a 3-2 lead. Forsberg gives up just a horrendous goal for the tying goal in that game. And then the stars win in overtime four, three, but really they should have won both of those. Uh, they definitely played better in those last two games after really a debacle against uh, LA at home where they fell behind early, very quickly and really never recovered from that point on Anaheim shame on me for saying, Hey, the Carolina game would be the, a bit of a turning point for them. It did not happen. They beat Carolina. It certainly looks like an anomaly when you see them follow it up with a six to one drubbing at home against the lowly San Jose Sharks. I mean, that tells you all you need to know uh, about Anaheim this season. They just cannot seem to get on any sort of traction, any sort of rhythm whatsoever. They're 2-14 and 14 on the road this season. 0-7 oh, uh, losing streak uh, on the road entering this game. 0-7 uh, oh, their last seven road games. I want no part of Anaheim here. I'd probably look to Ottawa, but I prefer the team total than the uh, regulation line. Either way, uh, probably not going to bet that because the team total is minus 140 to minus 150 in most spots. So just a lean to the team total for the Sens. Other than that, probably going to stay out of this one. Uh, Alex, uh, Ducks and Senators. Yeah, this is a clear pass. There's no way I would definitely be looking at laying a price with Ottawa. Uh, he said they've been playing a little bit more competitive hockey, but uh, this just seems like it could be one of those those you know scenarios where they lay an egg against a bad Anaheim team or they just blow out a bad Anaheim team. Uh, there's not much to trust between these two clubs right now. This is, it's, and what's a bad card on this night? This is by far, I think, the worst matchup. So this is a clear pass for me. Yeah, I mean, I want to bet both teams, especially Anaheim, over the total. But the series history has been insane to the under 
and we're talking six and a half and it's like nine and one to the under. And we've seen, you know, we saw five, one in Anaheim or just a few weeks ago with Ottawa winning. Uh, then it was two, one, four, nothing. There was one game that got to five, two and three, two, four, nothing, two, one, two, like just a lot of low scoring hockey historically with these two teams. So even has to be lukewarm when it comes to the totals. Yeah, unless you, unless you have Ilya Brzezgalov and uh, and old uh, Dominic Hasek from the same, you know, from the Sens era coming back to play goal. I don't trust six and a half with any combination of these four goaltenders. That's true as well, uh, no doubt. Stolars and Gibson, although bad defense has really hampered their efforts, and Forsberg and Talbot, they've been a picture of inconsistency this this year as well. In between the pipes for the uh, Ottawa Senators, Mikey, how about you, Anaheim, Ottawa? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I couldn't get to the window here. It's just too expensive. I mean, obviously it's auto or a pass, but too pricey. Regulation is minus 140. The minus one is minus 139. Just can't do it. Um, Ottawa has been a little bit disappointing, in my opinion, this season. We're approaching the two-month mark of the season, and they still really haven't gotten their game going in the consistency department. I mean, we're at that point now, 25 or more games in. We know who these teams are. Whether it's a bunch of new players, a new system, or a new coach, we're at that point now, 25 games, you should be settled in. And Ottawa, for whatever reason, hasn't been playing up to their standards. Um, I mean, ideal scenario here, Anaheim scores first, take a live shot at Ottawa, but I can't get to the window with this. It's very interesting because I'm just looking at some things here involving the Anaheim Ducks and John Gibson day-to-day right now uh, with an illness which he suffered against uh, San Jose. Uh, I'm not totally sure if he's with the team right now. Stolars, meanwhile, you know, he's been uh, banged up a little bit too. Uh, and we might actually see Lucas Dostal tonight for the Ducks. Not for sure. We haven't had a confirmation yet either way, but uh, it's looking like there's a chance he gets in the net because he's been called up to the Ducks right now. And of course, he is someone that's been in the organization now for a while. He was called up on Saturday because of the uh, because of the illness to John Gibson. Um, Dostal, four games with Anaheim last year, one and two, 2.98 goals against average, 907 save percentage. So keep an eye on that if you're going to bet this game because Anaheim's goaltending could go in a bunch of different ways uh, as far as who's going to be in between the pipes tonight against the uh, Ottawa Senators. All right, we go to Edmonton now and Minnesota. Man, this is like the third game in the last 10 or 11 days between these two teams. They played in Minnesota a couple weeks ago. They played in Edmonton last week. Both the home teams winning both of those games. And now we're back in Minnesota tonight. Minnesota minus 130, home favorite, six and a half the total in this one. Lean Minnesota. Don't know if, I don't think I'll bet a side here, but I'd certainly, obviously, this is the situation I kind of favored Edmonton in last week between these two teams where Edmonton lost the game before, back home, that they'd find a way to win and maybe end that losing streak that they had against Minnesota. And they did that. They played a very good game. I thought that 5-2 win at home last week against the uh, Wild. Uh, but now it's the Wild looking to avenge that loss in Edmonton last week, coming off uh, a dominant, well, not dominant, but dominant in the scoreboard. But I'll tell you what, early in the game, uh, you know, or in the second period, Vancouver had a bunch of chances to get back into the game. And um, Gustafson was very good. And that's why I lost that uh, Minnesota-Vancouver over. He was very good in net for the Wild. I don't know if I've seen many games where Gustafson's played better, honestly than he did the other night against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, so Minnesota gets the impressive 3 uh, nothing shutout over Vancouver, bouncing back after the loss to the Oilers. Uh, Fleury is going to be in net tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Stuart Skinner, once again, no surprise there, in net for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Jack Campbell, still the forgotten man when it comes to this team. 
uh, as of uh, right now. Uh, Edmonton, uh, seven and five on the road, but uh, they have had a real tough time, of course, in Minnesota, including, of course, losing the only meeting this year uh, in Minnesota between uh, these two teams. Long term, they're seven and 27 in the last 34 trips to Minnesota this uh, Edmonton Oilers team. And of course, when they played in Minnesota, like I said, December 1st, they lost that game 5-3. It continues to be an over-series history with the uh, Edmonton Oilers against the Minnesota Wild head-to-head. And yes, the Minnesota overstreak did get snapped, obviously, at uh, eight games uh, with that uh, 3-0 shutout win against the Vancouver Canucks. But if you watched that game and you were on the first period over uh, or the full game over, my goodness, you deserved a much better fate. I mean, Spencer Martin was ridiculous in the first period because Minnesota could have been up 4-5-0 Saturday night uh, after that first period. Spencer Martin was absolutely outstanding, uh, did everything he could to give Vancouver a chance, keep them in the game. There were a boatload of breakaways, odd man rushes, prime danger scoring chances that it could have been a lot more goals than three nothing that's one of those games you look at the final score you said oh not much happened couldn't be further from the truth there was a ton of good chances in that oiler in that wild canucks game on saturday night i'm going back to the well uh, over six and a half here tonight with uh, edmonton and uh, minnesota uh lean minnesota in terms of the side but i'm just going to bet the total here with the oilers and the wild tonight uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here, Edmonton, Minnesota? Yeah, I like this over too, but I'm waiting to play this live. This is a five and a half, and this is one I'm not waiting for plus money. Anything in the dollar twenty-five range, I'll be striking on. But uh, he said, you know, the, this is a, a wild team that is still trending highly to the over. And you mentioned about Edmonton struggling in Minnesota. It's interesting; they're one of the few teams that do not stay at the St. Paul Hotel, which is very close to the XL Energy Center. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. They have to travel a little bit more. They just have a different routine. But I, I, that's something that I have in my notes, and I had that in my notes because the last time they played, they came in very late. There was an uncharacteristically late start because of a TNT broadcast with the Oilers and Blackhawks. The game goes into overtime. They have to fly in very late. And they like said, you know, second night of back-to-back, they just kind of felt flat. But you wonder if the spots in which they have to come into town Granted, they've had a few days off in between games. That's something to keep a note on with looking at certain teams playing in certain areas. And once again, you know, there's a reason that they've lost that many uh, games in that arena. But this is a wild team that I'm still not trusting the back sidewise. They've really been up and down with, with their, their offense. I haven't seen them really explode like we know they can. This is a team that if they get their shit together, they can score five or six goals every given night. But they have some issues offensively. They have some issues passing the puck still. So it would be looking for an over, but I want a five-and-a-half number uh, at a better price, uh, adjusted price. And this is one where I you know, maybe look for – it's probably a good live game for next to score – looking at, you know, trying to capitalize on, on, on these two teams because they're very lethal when the power plays into especially Edmonton. That's something that I would be looking at. This is more of a live game than something uh, pregame. Yeah, definitely a live opportunity. And Alex is a proponent for if you don't like six and a half totals to the over with juice before the game, hang on, wait for, you know, a, hopefully a scoreless first five, six, seven minutes of the yeah. game in the first period and get a five and a half or better when it comes to that uh, live in-game total. Uh, Mikey, Edmonton, Minnesota. Yeah, third meeting this month for these two teams. Minnesota won the first one 5-3 at home. A week later, they lose 5-2. This is difficult to pick from a side perspective, but I locked in over 6.5 at $1.20 last night. Um, Flurry was a net for both those games against Edmonton, um, while the Oilers used Campbell in the 5-3 loss and they used Skinner in the 5-2 win. Uh, Minnesota, like you said, Ian, minigames have been high scoring this month. 
except for that last game at Vancouver, which obviously should have gone over 68 shots, five power plays, expected goals for was 3.9 to 2.9. So if you cash that under, I mean, you should go play the lottery ticket because that game should have definitely gone over the total. Um, Flurry concerns me. Uh, Flurry, three or more goals allowed in his last six starts. Flurry at home, his goals against average is 3.98 compared to on the road, 2.58. I mean, colossal difference. He has not been that great at home. Um, if you focus just in December, Minnesota is ranked third and Edmonton is ranked seventh in goals for five on five just in the month of December. Both teams finding the back of the net. Um, some props to consider. I locked in Zuccarello over two and a half shots on goal at minus 110. He had three shots in the first game and three shots in the second game against uh, Edmonton. He scored twice as well. Um, Zuccarello, three or more shots in eight straight games now. He's fourth on the team in shots on goal, averaging 2.7 at home. And he's on the top line tonight with career and steal. Um, if you like those anytime goal scorer props, you got Drysaddle and McDavid scored twice in both games against um, Minnesota. Erickson Eck, he had 10 shots on goal, scored twice. Kareel had nine shots on goal, found the back of the net. And Sam and Steele, seven shots on goal, found the back of the net. So tons of player props in this one, but I love Zuccarello over two and a half. There we go. Player prop op, uh, recommendation there in this one from Mikey. And you know what? Sam Steele, I think, is worth a look to score a goal. Terry's onto it too. Connor Dewar lately for the Minnesota Wild. Just uh, absolutely yeah. outstanding. I mean, three three goals in the last five games, five points in the last five games as well. But Steele as well. Steele's gotten a lot of ice time now with where he is in the lineup, obviously playing right up there. Uh, for the uh, Wild lately, then he's getting more shots on goal, more opportunities. I think definitely there's value with Sam Steele, and he did find the uh, back of the net as well uh, in the uh, win against the uh, Minnesota, against the Canucks, and he's obviously centering Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and obviously there's going to be a lot of instances where he's deferring to those two guys with the puck, but definitely uh, Sam Steele, uh, probably worth a look, and his points as well. Uh, some good options there. As far as Edmonton goes, the Nuge is playing great. I think Nugent Hopkins continues to be someone to target with props. I wouldn't, I'm going to go probably, too, with Kyler Yamamoto uh, here for the uh, Oilers. He finally scored his first goal of the season uh, against the Minnesota Wild last week in the 5-2 to two win. He's a good player. He's a good offensive player. He's going to find it and get it going eventually. And how many times do we see it? That you can't find the can't put a puck in the ocean for months, and then all of a sudden you get that first goal and the floodgates open. So I think Kyler Yamamoto's worth a look tonight, uh, playing with the Nuge and J and Yanmark uh, on the uh, second line for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So uh, maybe that he catches a little confidence now uh, after finally getting his first tally uh, of the season uh, in the five-two win last week against the uh, Minnesota Wild for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, final game of this Monday card. It's Nashville St. Louis. We've got the Predators. Minus 120 road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, I'm not going to overcomplicate it. I'm going to be on the uh, Nashville side here. Minus 120, they're off a loss at home to Ottawa. I think bounce back spot for them won't take this St. Louis Blues team lightly. And all the quotes coming out of St. Louis, even after a hard-fought loss, still another loss against Colorado, 3-2 to two, uh, in overtime uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, just um, can't find a way to win, can't find a way to close. You know, two to one blues, they get the late goal and then they let Colorado tie it up in the final minute, two, two, and end up losing in overtime. Just a deflating loss. And now they're at a rest disadvantage. 
uh, playing back-to-back. No travel, but still, they had to play yesterday. Nashville did not. Nashville now off two straight losses. And to be honest with you, Nashville's picked up their play on the road yeah, as of late. You know, we've started to see them win some games away from home, like beating the Devils, beating the Islanders. You know, on their last uh, road trip, they were able to do that. Uh, so definitely something to factor in here in this one. As far as the uh, goaltending matchup is concerned, uh, will we see uh, Bennington or Grice? you got to think after Bennington got the uh, nod yesterday, it's Grice on a back-to-back, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. Grice has been statistically uh, abysmal, 3.69 goals against average, 8 uh, 99 save percentage. Uh, UC Soros projected for the uh, Nashville Predators uh, in net. No confirmation there, but you would expect uh, that is who we will see in net for them tonight. Uh, all, just Although, I should point out, this is the first of a back-to-back for Nashville. So could we see Lankinen tonight on the front end of the back-to-back? Possibly. And I will say this about Lankinen. Not as down, not, not as you know, worried about backing the Predators with him in net as maybe I was earlier in the year. He's had some gems, particularly of late, in between the pipes for the uh, Nashville Predators. That Islander game that I just spoke of that they won, Lankinen was in net that game. He was brilliant. He was absolutely yeah, terrific. Was. So if it is Lankinen, he's probably still better than any goalie St. Louis is putting out there right now. Bennington struggling. Uh, Grice has been awful last year with Detroit, this year again with St. Louis. So, yeah, I like Nashville. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. I think they're obviously a team I think is a little bit better right now, better form. And all the quotes from St. Louis are bad. We have no confidence. We can't get anything going. You know, say, the, the, the quote Brube had after not the last game, but the game before was damning, saying, you got to be able to come to work with the right mindset, the right attitude. I don't see any of that from from this group right now. So you talk about attitude issues, you know, just when, when you're struggling, maybe you don't put the work ethic in as much in practice to get better. And it's just all kinds of bad, bad stuff. None of the quotes are bet on right now coming out of St. Louis. So Nashville for me at minus 120. Alex, uh, Predators Blues. Yeah, you mentioned that how they said, you know, the confidence is a bit shaken. And, and yesterday didn't do anything to help that whatsoever. They give up a goal with about seven uh, seconds left in regulation. Give up a goal with 26 seconds into overtime uh, to lose a game at home. And now you're taking on a Nashville team that is playing a little bit better than expected overall. But the thing I like here would be the over for the first period and the full game. Uh, as mentioned yep. in the chat, looking at you know Thomas Grice, his numbers three, eleven, and one lifetime uh, against Nashville with an eight eighty two save percentage and a three point six five goals against average. Uh, Terry in the chat posting that that is those are visible numbers, and, and to add that to uh, a goaltender who's already been struggling overall in Grice. Also looking a little bit deeper into those first periods, he has gone uh, three and one in his last four starts of the first period over. His first start of the year came against Nashville. Two goals were scored in that first period. So uh, we've seen that trend. And for Nashville, they're five and two the last seven road games to the over in the first period. So I think that's a great price. Only land a dollar twenty-five there. And I also like the uh, full game over six as well. All right. First period, full game over. Uh, split here for Alex with the uh, Predators and the Blues. All right, uh, Mikey, Nashville, St. Louis. Yeah, I locked in the over six at $1.20. Um, it hasn't been confirmed, but I think we are going to see Lankin in tonight, and here's why. They do play Edmonton tomorrow, and if you look at Saros's numbers against St. Louis, it is not good. Five and six, 885 save percentage, 3.44 goals against average, so if I had to take a guess, they're going to save him for Edmonton and they're going to put Lankin in, in tonight. Um, so I did lock in the over six. These teams met back on October 28th in Nashville. 
Preds won 6-2. It was Grice and Saros in that. It looked like Nashville ran away with it in that game, but if you look at the numbers, it was 3-2 Nashville entering the third period. It's interesting Barube didn't go with Grice yesterday at home and give Bennington the start against Nashville since his numbers are pretty good against Nashville. Um, like Alex said, like Terry said, Grice has awful numbers against Nashville. 0.882, 3.65 goals against average. It makes no sense why he didn't start yesterday against Colorado. Um, this is St. Louis's second game um, off a of back-to-back. So when St. Louis plays a second game of a back-to-back, the over-under is 4-0 this year. 4-0 to the over, second game of a back-to-back. Um, Nashville has won the last seven. I'm sorry, the over-under is 7-3 and three last 10 between these division rivals. And out of all the NHL teams in the last 10 games, focusing just on 5-on-5, five five, St. Louis is the second-worst team in the league in goals allowed. Overall this season, St. Louis is the fourth worst team in the league in goals allowed per game. They're allowing an average of 3.8. Only Columbus, Kings, and Anaheim is worse. So taking a shot with the over six on this one. All right, liking the over here for some goals with Predators and Blues tonight. St. Louis certainly uh, has been trending heavily toward the over. The Colorado result notwithstanding, prior to that, uh, Blues games had gone 8-1 and one, uh, to the over. Uh, in nine games prior to Colorado, and you're right, I would say that the goaltending still suspect uh, on both ends. Uh, and although if, if it's Lankinen, he was excellent last time. We will see. Uh, no question uh, about that. Uh, all right, great stuff uh, from Mikey and Alex. Of course, we thank Mikey as well for joining us once again. He's always welcome on the uh, show here on the uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, everyone hit the like button, 219 live viewers. We appreciate it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, $10 a month. Make sure you sign up there. Our daily betting card is there. Uh, of course, uh, power ratings, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. Tons of bonus content. More coming in the new year. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, make sure uh, you check that out. Uh, and we will get to best bets in just a second. But before we do that, we are happy to announce we have – a new sponsor here of the Ice Guys, and we are very uh, happy to announce that support yes. for the Ice Guys is now brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code ICEGUYS. That's promo code ICEGUYS. Of course, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com, promo code ICEGUYS. And I've got a little show of these products that we were have at our disposal right here. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, really good. Can use it anywhere that there's basically hair uh, on your skin, essentially, and it gets the job done. It's absolutely outstanding. And I'll tell you what, as someone that's approaching 40, this weed whacker, the nose hairs are killing me the last yeah. few years. They really are. They're driving me nuts. It feels like someone's constantly tickling the inside of my nostrils. It pisses the hell out of me. And man, has this thing ever gotten the job done for me? The weed whacker, great for uh, nose hairs, ear hair, all of that. It'll take care of it for you. The weed whacker as well. And we know that it gets a little bit rancid at times down in the nether regions we've got the ball deodorant the crop preserver that you can get as part of your manscape package the crop reviver as well and i'm telling you what when you're uh growing up and you've got to deal with this itchy sweaty smelly stinky dick and crotch rot all over the place man does this stuff help it really really does so it's a package that's worth getting these are 
the precision tools that will get the job done for all uh, guys out there. I would take advantage of it for sure. Uh, and look, it, it's absolutely outstanding. So get 20% off and free shipping with promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Happy to have them on board here as official sponsors of the Ice Guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Great product. I mean, it's something that, you know, we you know, we neglect ourselves at times. We get all busy and, and get cooped up, but you got to, you know, take care of uh, those, those nether regions and, uh, you know, those significant others around you will appreciate it as well. It is. It's actually going to make you, you know, it's going to make you feel and uh, feel a lot better using these products. There's no question uh, about that. Great stuff indeed. All right. Hopefully great stuff indeed with best bets as well here on the Ice Guys for this Monday. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go Predators Blues first period over. One and a half. You're only laying a dollar twenty-five. You grab it at bet online. Uh Thomas Grass, he's more than likely gonna play this. And if he, even if he doesn't, if it's confirmed where it's Bennington, do we really trust Bennington on back-to-back nights to stop pucks early and often? I highly doubt it. Uh Nashville five and two to the last seven road games in the first period over. This is a cheap price. I think we can see back and forth battles. St. Louis with a bad taste in their mouth after the way that they lost that game uh, just less than 24 hours ago. I think they're going to be ready at rock and roll early here. So let's go over with St. Louis, Nashville. First period, one and a half minus $1.25. That's my best bet for Monday. All right, there we go. Nashville, St. Louis, over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Mikey, what do you like for best bet? Over six and a half in the Minnesota game. It is slightly concerning. These teams play twice already, five, two, five, three. So I feel like the coaches are going to be like, we don't want to play this up and down fast pace. Maybe it's like that in the first period. I think this eventually opens up and we'll get over six and a half goals here. Over six and a half for uh, this one, Edmonton, Minnesota. Best bet for uh, Mikey on this Monday. And my best bet, yeah, I know there's trepidation from some people in the chat. I get it. You know, Cal, it's not a bargain, but I think it's the right spot to buy in and the right time. And as we saw Saturday night, if a team comes ready and focused and plays a good, strong, hard 60-minute game against Montreal, you can beat them. Calgary in regulation for me. Flames in regulation, minus 125 against the Canadians. Hey, we won a in-regulation bet last night with the Bruins, so hopefully we go back to that well tonight with more success. Calgary in regulation, minus 125 against Montreal. Uh, for my best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button. Uh, Alex uh, is out tomorrow, but he'll be back Wednesday uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show. And he'll be with us, of course, on the BetCast uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, another reminder, join us for this BetCast. We want a good turnout. Everybody, jump on the stream with us, even if it's just for five minutes to say hello. Someone just joined us the last BetCast just to say hello and say they love the show. That's yeah. it. You just want to come on and say, hi, I love what you're doing. Thanks for it. Thanks for doing the show every day. And that was it. So even if it's just five minutes, uh, we'll send you the link. You can join us tomorrow night on the Ice Guys Live BetCast starting at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Tuesday night. A huge NHL slate. So make sure you join us for that. Uh, no question about that. It'll be fun as it always is. The Ice Guys Live BetCast tomorrow night on Tuesday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. For Alex B. Smith and Mikey, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday, a daily double Tuesday of the Ice Guys, our daily show at 2 p.m. Eastern. Kevin from Arizona, a very good NHL better, will be joining me on the uh, 2 p.m. show, the daily show tomorrow, and then the BetCast at night, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Join us again 
for the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 